And the epistle for this quinquagesima Sunday is taken from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brethren, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And if I should have prophecy and should know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I should have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And if I should distribute all my goods to feed the poor, and if I should deliver my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity is patient, is kind, charity envieth not, dealeth not perversely, is not puffed up, is not ambitious, seeketh not her own, is not provoked to anger, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth with the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never falleth away. Whether prophecies shall be made void, or tongues shall cease, or knowledge shall be destroyed. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away the things of a child. We see now through a glass in a dark manner, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know, even as I am known. And now there remain faith, hope, and charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Please rise for the Holy Gospel, which is taken from that according to St. Luke. At that time Jesus took unto him the twelve and said to them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things shall be accomplished which were written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man. For he shall be delivered to the Gentiles, and shall be mocked, and scourged, and spit upon. And after they have scourged him, they will put him up to death. And the third day he shall rise again. And they understood none of these things, and this word was hid from them. And they understood not the things that were said. Now it came to pass, when he drew nigh to Jericho, that a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And when he heard the multitude passing by, he asked what this meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they that went before rebuked him, that he should hold his peace. But he cried out much more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus standing commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, what will, what will thou that I do to thee? But he said, Lord, that I may see. And Jesus said to him, Receive thy sight, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he saw and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Ave Maria Purissima. So we've arrived at the last of the Sundays of preparation for Lent, Quinquagesima Sunday. As I mentioned before, it's as if Holy Mother Church is ringing the bell three times to summon our attention so that this holy season of Lent not take us by surprise. So hopefully everyone has thought about the sacrifices they will make in this holy season. And uh, to help motivate yourself, we can listen to uh, the words of Pope Benedict XIV who almost 300 years ago, lamenting the relaxation, the, the laxity of Catholics regarding their Lenten fast. And keep in mind, 
In those days, one observed 40 days of fasting and 40 days of abstinence. But as there were more and more dispensations of abs from abstinence, the Pope uh, stated the following, that the observance of Lent is the very badge of Christian warfare. By it, we prove ourselves not to be enemies of Christ. By it, we avert the scourges of divine justice. By it, we gain strength against the princes of darkness, for it shields us with heavenly help. Should men grow remiss in their observance of Lent, it would be a detriment to God's glory, a disgrace to the Catholic religion, and a danger to Christian souls. Neither can it be doubted that such negligence would become the source of misery to the world, of public calamity, and of private woe. The words of Pope Benedict XIV, okay, many, uh, more than two centuries ago, telling us that if we neglect our observance of Lent, you can expect the whole world to fall into ruin. <clears throat> and it's difficult for us, I think, oftentimes to understand the necessity of penance. One, uh, in, in part, I think, uh, culturally, we have a heresy named after us that Pope Leo XIII condemned, called Americanism. Obviously, you know in our culture, the only philosophy we produced really is pragmatism. If it works, then it's good. Uh, with a very uh, strong uh, qualities of being very efficient and hardworking, which is great. But it's not the whole of the spiritual life. And the Pope lamented the fact that he heard even from American clerics and theologians attempts to justify that everything just be ordered towards exterior activity, production, results. And that spending time on your knees in silence or not eating really doesn't serve any efficient purpose. So the Pope reminded us of the soul of uh, every apostle at his prayer, and that our Lord redeemed the world, not by his miracles and sermons, so much as by his passion and death. And so that affects us and inclines us not to understand well penance, is likewise the heresy of modernism. It, the synthesis of all heresies, uh, very present still in our day, condemned by St. Pius X, who described that the essence of it is a spirit of naturalism, that God should conform to man, God's truth demands opinion, uh, heaven to this world. So it breeds a spirit of naturalism whereby man seeks to conform everything to his own desires. So those very much affect us, um, whereby we often forget or don't value sufficiently uh, practices of penance. But we recall the promise of our Lord who said, but except you do penance, you shall all likewise perish. Okay, one of those gospel promises our Lord guarantees if we don't do penance, we'll go to hell. Okay? So you can count on that. So we need to do penance. <clears throat> and we recall likewise that our Lord uh, told us and explaining that paradox to us that if anyone should come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For he who wishes to save his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. So if we want to be followers of Christ, the first condition, sine qua non, is that we deny ourselves, okay? And why is this? Let us get, uh, let's go into the reasons behind this as they're expounded by the great uh, Dominican theologian, uh, Father Garrigou Lagrange, who in his Three Ages of the Interior Life explains the four reasons uh, for which we need to do penance. Namely, for in virtue of original sin, secondly, our personal sins, thirdly, uh, because we have a supernatural end, and lastly, an imitation of Christ, okay? So let us go briefly through each one of those points. The first point that we have original sin. St. Paul, 
who describes the universal human experience when he said, I am delighted with the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members fighting against the law of my mind and captivating me in the law of sin that is in my members. Unhappy man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? The grace of God by Jesus Christ our Lord. So St. Paul goes on expounding there in the letter to the Romans, likewise uh, to the Galatians. He speaks of uh, that we should walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, for these are contrary one to another, so that you do not the things that you would. Okay? That experience of we know it's wrong, but nevertheless we feel an attraction to it. And this dogma of original sin, many times uh, defined, that we receive by inheritance from our first parents, Adam and Eve, <clears throat> is also very scientifically verifiable. Okay? If we were just uh, animals, for example, do not have original sin. Okay? They're not perfect, but generally their instincts function just fine, whereby their upbringing requires uh, sometimes just uh, a few weeks, if not a few days. And they're fine just following their instincts. We don't see them um, falling into sins of gluttony. They only eat just uh, satiety as they, as they need. Uh, they don't live uh, sexually perverse lives. No, we see that the animals generally following their instincts are fine. Whereas the upbringing of a human being often takes over 20 or 30 years, no, before you'll leave them at home uh, alone. So what's going on? We have good desires, but we see that they're out of order. And so we need a lot of extra help. And only amongst men do we see them habitually acting against their nature or against their reason, okay? And so everybody wants to be happy, but not many are happy. So what's going on? Original sin. It's, if anybody, it's usually only uh, philosophers in university classes, single men who debate these questions, but anybody who's raised a two-year-old knows that it exists, okay? And um, <clears throat> it's very important to remember this truth because I, I think we can explain our cultural decadence simply by the denial of it, okay? If we forget original sin, we wind up with a philosophy that, uh, for example, Carl Rogers expounded, and uh, a fellow psychologist who worked with him said, they destroyed many houses of religious life, convents and Monasteries were empty because they went around preaching the, the new good news that I'm okay, you're okay. Basically, those desires you have aren't to be uh, mortified, but rather simply followed. This is what Nietzsche prophesied would be the new morality, which he said at the beginning, first half of the 20th century, he said it wasn't for his day yet, but that in the future people realize that their concupiscence is the natural law that man should follow. His lust, his desire for vengeance, greed, all of that are just the human desires which we should follow and perfect, okay? And so it's uh, now becoming a reality based on the loss of this notion of original sin. How many times do we hear the argument, and even in the public forum, that, well, you know, I was born this way because I feel this way. Therefore, I have a right to follow my feelings, okay? It makes sense in some, on some uh, instinctual uh, level and some intuition of the natural law, but forgetting that we have original sin, and that our desires are not in order, and they can easily become more and more disordered. And so let us remember uh, this 
the reality that we're not okay. Okay, we're born uh, children of wrath, as St. Paul says. But at the same time, let us recall our Catholic faith, that as St. Paul says, who shall deliver me from this body of death? The grace of God. The grace of God can reform all of our emotions and way of thinking to the point even to a supernatural level where we see saints like St. Francis rejoicing in suffering because it unites them more closely to Christ. And so, uh, hence the necessity to do penance so as to reform our disordered passions and to conform all things to Christ. Second motive, in virtue of our personal sins which we have to repair. You all know when you go to confession, you receive absolution of guilt and likewise a penance. Just as if if you were to offend your neighbor by breaking his window, you have to go uh, tell him you're sorry, ask for forgiveness, and likewise repair uh, the window that you broke. Okay? So this uh, on the order of justice. Remember that God's mercy doesn't go against his justice, but it's so as to fulfill it. Okay? He gives us a mercy so as to be just, just as he himself is just. And so um, here we recall we have to do penance. How much penance? Just a brief meditation, uh, reading one day about stories from uh, saints about purgatory and private revelations they had of uh, having left purgatory or spoken with souls in purgatory, that the soul suffers, one said, six years in purgatory for every mortal sin. Okay? St. Thomas Aquinas says the fear of the Lord is a good remedy for against intemperance or lust, thinking that for a passing pleasure, I will suffer uh, uh, terrible pains for many years. Okay? If you like pleasure, don't sin. It's not worth it. It's, uh, it's a bad exchange. And uh, if that uh, gives us a holy fear and trembling, as it should, let us recall likewise that the saints also emphasize our good works of infinite uh, of divine value, uh, rather, Supernatural value are um, do much more to to uh, amend or pay our debt here during this life. Okay, one quote from a saint to keep things in balance: that one mass, one holy mass, devoutly prayed, is worth more than a whole year of fasting on bread and water. Okay, and or to even making a pilgrimage to Jerusalem on foot. Okay. So it's worth more one holy mass. And if you're thinking of, if you're worried about your, your debt of temporal punishment <clears throat> for your sins or what you're going to do with Lent, start with a mass. Because it's Christ's own merits and passion which is presented on your behalf if you're here present. Okay, so make that the, your chief penance always uh, to try to get to mass every day and to try to pray the rosary every day. That will cause a constant conversion. It's what's worked in my life. Um, ever since the beginning of my conversion, and so I highly recommend that, okay? So let us not be overwhelmed or despairing, but know that there's still time if we begin now. Thirdly, uh, based on the fact that we have a supernatural end, okay? This is what eludes us many times, but take into account, there is no such thing, you are not created for human happiness that no man was ever created for a human end of human happiness, nor will there ever be a man created for such a purpose. We're created with this paradox that we're made for supernatural happiness. What does God call us to in terms of sanctity? Does he say, as the Lord said, be a really good person? 
Try not to offend other people. Don't drink, don't smoke, and don't kill people. No, he says, be holy as your heavenly Father is holy. So he calls us to divine sanctity. But again, he gives us the grace, which is a participation in the divine nature, as St. Peter says in his second letter, so as to make that possible. Okay? We're called to be holy as God himself is holy. So it's heaven or hell. And think about it. What would be our natural happiness? Nobody's uh, going to stay here. Okay? Tomorrow we die. And that's how we begin Lent. Remember that you are dust, and unto dust you shall return. That's why God shortened the lifespan to around 100 years. So the man wouldn't think he could just put it off his conversion till tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow without end. Life is short. It passes quickly. And that's on purpose. It's good for us. Tomorrow we die. Okay? Let's think about that. Do you remember your grandparents? Yeah. Your great-grandparents? Not really. Great-great-grandparents? Maybe not even their name. And we follow in line. Okay? What are we doing? Are we living just to feel a passing pleasure? Where are all the pleasures of your life? Do you have them stored up somewhere? Have you accumulated? A, it's all disappeared like, uh, like smoke. And so what are we doing? What are we living for? St. Uh, Paul tells us, Therefore, if you be risen with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Mind the things that are above, not the things that are upon the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Can we say that? Where is our, where is our treasure? What are we living for? St. Paul tells them at another time, too, life, the time is short, whereby even if you're married, you should live uh, with no attachment, as if you had no wife. Uh, those who weep as if they wept not. Those who rejoice as if they rejoice not. Those who buy as though they possess not. The sense of a detachment, okay? That everything is passing away in this life. What are we living for? The time is short. Um, <clears throat> and this should cause us to exclaim with, with the saints that I, I die because I do not die. Or St. Paul says, I long to be delivered from this, the prison of this body so as to be with Christ. To live is Christ, but to die is gain. Can we repeat that? Okay? We have one end. Don't miss it. Okay? Yeah, pass this Lent well, striving for your supernatural end, which is why we're called to go above just natural virtue. Okay? Aristotle would have understood uh, occasional fasting for health reasons, for dietary reasons, it's for the health of the body. But 40 days of fasting, consecrated virginity, would have gone over his head. No? It's not natural. That's right. It's supernatural. That's the only end that we have. So we have to uh, lift up our hearts and strive ever, ever higher. And then lastly, an imitation of Christ crucified, okay? And this refers to the, our Lord announces today in the gospel that he's going to die. And notice how he announces it. He exact, it prophesies exactly how it will occur. So he's, no one takes my life from me, I give it, our Lord says. So he's going to give his life voluntarily and out of charity, okay? And that should be our meditation, is that we want to do penance so as to be with Christ, Pope Pius XI in his encyclical on the Sacred Heart, uh, specifically on the theme of reparation, miserentissimus redemptor. And he talks about how we see it's God speaking in our language, shows us in his agony in the garden that he wants the consolation of his creatures. He asks the apostles to spend an hour with him, and they don't. But then an angel is sent to comfort him. And imagine that, an angel, a creature, 
comforting, consoling the Creator by His presence. Our Lord asks us that uh, of, of us as well, that we spend more time with Him in Lent. If we uh, share the sufferings, what did St. Paul say? What did he say? I, I fill up in my flesh what's lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of His body, the Church. Okay, what Christ and what's lacking? The whole Christ. St. Paul says likewise, we know that we shall, be, uh, we, we shall be glorified with him, provided that we suffer with him. And we should want to do that if it's our friend. A friend in need is a friend indeed, we say, right? Everybody's there when you get your paycheck at the end of the week, but when you're sad and, and struggling, there you'll see your true friends who want to be with you because they love you. So do we want to be with our Lord? If he's suffering, what an honor to share in his life. And what am I complaining about? If he's the only one that was innocent, if he's suffering, I'm not innocent due to my many sins. And so I should accept likewise the sufferings that God, that God sends me, the cross of, of every day. And likewise, in a sense of friendship, it, that it, uh, as St. Paul says, if I have not charity, okay? Remember, if you're in the state of grace, uh, there's, it's friendship with God, which implies, St. Thomas says, a certain equality. How is that? Partakers of the divine nature. It's God the Son who dwells in our soul, and in the Holy Ghost we can love God the Father. There's a certain equality by, by which man is elevated to this divine uh, rank. And in that context, if we're not in the state of grace, he's not in our soul, and we're wasting our time. Even if you do many good works, like giving your money to the poor, sacrificing yourself, even your life for some great social cause, eternally it will profit you nothing if you do not have charity, which is infused in the soul by sanctifying grace. Okay? Don't waste your time. If you're not in state of grace, run to, to confession. And likewise, for those of you who have you know, begun a spiritual life, and perhaps do penitence, remember the intention, to renew that intention with frequency. For the love of Christ, I do this. We don't want to poison our works with just simply self-satisfaction. Yeah, I did it, I'm such a great guy, or what will other people say about me, or uh, even just following the routine for the sake of routine. Okay, we have to constantly renew that intention that we're doing it for love of Christ, who, who suffered and died for love of us. And so we recall our Lord's uh, uh, words today as we begin uh, on Wednesday this holy season of Lent unless you do penance you all likewise shall perish in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost Amen